Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I am Nate Jones. And I'm Christoph Newman. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. We're here to talk about closure. What else would you expect from a podcast called <laughs> Functional Design and Closure? <laughs> uh, yes, uh, we're here to talk all about closure, what we love about it, how we get things done, things we've learned. If there is something you would love to talk about with us, send us an email or tweet at us or contact us in some way. <laughs> Yes, definitely. At Closure Design is on on Twitter is the the place to go, uh, or feedback at closuredesign.club for email. Uh, but the best place I think is still our Closure Design dash podcast channel on the Closure and Slack. Um, we love to have some discussions in there, and uh, we would love to for you to join us. Yeah, hop on in. Let's chat. So we have just finished a series where we went into the complexity and boy, (laughs) the high complexity of web, making web services and web development and web, web, web. (laughs) But of course, what was our web application? It was posting closure idioms, right? Because what what more does a closurist love than a good closure idiom, right? Yeah, we want to we like to sit in our in our hammocks or lay in our hammocks and and ponder the idioms and and just relish in their expressivity and how much we can use them to uh to communicate our intent. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some about just like a nice clean concise bit of code that does something that it, like reading the code is very self-evident what it does, but it also gets its job done without a whole lot of typing. And no, uh, no nouns that have to escort, you know, everything around <laughs> all the verbs. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think it's an interesting idea. The, the the word idiom, like, you know, it's 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 a word that means like, um, what, you know, said as if you were a native speaker. You know, um, it's once you once you get into you know a, a language like for instance english you know there are lots of idioms that we that are used in english um that that are kind of they indicate you kind of you, you you're kind of you know what you're talking about in english and and so the the the, the same concept applies to programming languages where you know it's it's kind of things that are expressive and and kind of done the way that are the way that we do them in closure and so it makes it so that your code is easier to read for other programmers, other closure programmers. Um, but also it makes it so that you, your your code, it's almost like design patterns. Design patterns are kind of like idioms. Um, if you know, coming from uh, from a uh, oh, language, but, but I think it's kind of like are, a horrifying comparison. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the pattern of communication, I think is, a, is, a, is useful. Um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a pattern. I, I'm with you there, right? <laughs> like, like idioms, idioms have a certain structure to them, and it's one of those things you can only pick up by by becoming a native speaker, right? By by spending time with other people's code and and reading it and 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 kind of learning. Like you might think up some yourself, but really, like. We pick up idioms from hearing them from other people, and then we like them, and that's how they spread. And so, for example, like the whole advent of code, it's fun to read people's solutions to that 
and and then see how they solve the problem. And that's how I've learned a number of neat little idioms too. Yeah, and I, and I think I think it's important distinction is is an idiom is not necessarily something that is or is not concise, like short. Like there, I've I, I've I have created <laughs> and I have read many sections of closure code, which are very compact, but are almost inscrutable. Like you cannot understand what's going on because you have to unpack every operator because it's not it's not an idiom. It's it's just concise. And so an idiom is more like right. you know kind of the way that you go about things, not so much the length. Right. It's a, it's a pattern of code that you repeat. Uh, and, and maybe you vary it a little bit, but you repeat it often. And, and when you look at that, you recognize it for what it is. So, so for example, nil punning, right? We've, we've done a whole episode <laughs> on nil punning. The we'll link to that in the show notes. Yes. The show notes at closuredesign.club. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, yeah, that's an idiom. And, and so when you see it, it, your experience closure programming, you'll see it and you'll go, oh, they're, they're relying on nil punning, you know, and it, it's not going to be the exact same phrase of code every time, but it it's a useful thing to understand, right? It's a pattern there. Yeah. But I guess what isn't concise is our intro <laughs> into this week's, this week's topic of contemplation, <laughs> which isn't in general idioms. It's specifically uh, our, our journey with merge with. Merge with is uh, kind of an interesting function when you first encounter it, right? Merge merge made a lot of sense to me when I first I, when I first hit it. It's like, oh, I have two maps. I want to shove them together. Merge, perfect, done, right? Like take all the keys and squish them, and now I have one resulting map done. But but merge with, like, why would I want to merge with a function? Right. Yeah, I think um, I think the only one I've ever done is merge with merge, but. There's a whole bunch of different things you can do with because it's you know it's it's a higher order function. You pass it a function on on which, with which to operate on other data, and so you you kind of you kind of go well well what 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 I what would I even want to do in 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 this way? You know, it's a I think it's a it kind of is a good way of of approaching aggregations. Like if you have a bunch of data and you want to aggregate it together, merge with is probably one of the good tools to reach for. Yeah, so merge with, my first aha moment with merge with was merge with plus. And so, Nate, you and I do quite a bit with statistics and, and specifically esports statistics. <laughs> and so, let's say I have a player that played in 10 different games, and that player has a certain number of kills and deaths and assists, you know, the much venerated KDA in esports. <laughs> <laughs> and so if I if I have a list of maps, and let's say each map has a kills, deaths, assists key, right, with a certain number for each game that player has played. And if I want to get a total number of kills, deaths, and assists for that player, well, I can achieve this end pretty concisely and pretty nicely with a combination of reduce and merge with, right? Because merge with is a reducing function. Right, like merge is a reducing okay. function. Right, it takes two things and squishes them together and makes the same thing that you know one of the arguments started with. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think I think I, I needed to take a step backward on that one. Um, how like so reduce merge with. So how how like let's just maybe just take one of those steps because so we have like 
the KDA from one game and the KDA from another game. So it's just a, just two maps with with right. you know three keys and each key each of all the values are integers, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's just start with two maps, right? So let's say we have two maps, like let's say we have a variable for map A and map B. And we know that map A has kills, deaths, assists, and integer values, and map B has kills, deaths, assists with integer values. And we want to get a single resulting map with totals for those. So we could call merge with plus map A, map B, right? And so... The way merge with is is if the same key exists in both maps, it is going to pass both of those values. So it found the kills key in map A. It found the kills key in map B. So it takes the the value for kills in map A and the value for kills in map B, and it passes those values to your your with function, right? <laughs> in this case, <laughs> your plus aggregator, your function. combining function. Yeah. So then, what then? But then, what happens when there's only kills in one or deaths in the other like what if it's yeah, only so if one the of them? key is only in one of the maps it just takes that value and just moves it over there's no merging to do right there's so so if they both have the same key then it's going to call your combining function to produce what the new value should be right and if they don't both have the same key it will just use whichever one had the key and it will just copy that key and value over uh gotcha right So, so really it's only if there's a collision, if you will, right, it will call the combining function. And so in this case, there will be a collision. Well, let's say assist was missing in one of the game. They had no assists or, Ooh, better yet, deaths was missing. We didn't have any deaths. It's a perfect game. Right. (laughs) And then, uh, so then you call merge with, with these two maps and the second map is missing deaths. The first map has it, no key collision, no problem. It just copies the key value over done so whatever was in the one just translated into the resulting map right gotcha okay so now now i think i understand how how so to speak one step of the reduction happens and so the well yeah because reducing functions take two things and produce one thing right and so they they take like your your ongoing calculation as the first argument and then your your new thing to introduce as a second argument and then they produce something that looks the same as the ongoing calculation right so right so not to get like all type theory on you but you know <laughs> they take they take something let's just say of shape shape a and something of shape b and they produce something of shape a <laughs> right right so or this, in, the, in or, this case you're yeah. talking about the 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 shape a the it's the it's you're you're merging into um a map and you're you're consecutively merging each of those subsequent maps into that map using plus right as right. your merge yeah. with, as your merge with function yeah yeah so we have a whole if you go back to our series that we did in December where we worked our way towards transducers you can hear all about reducing functions and and kind of take into their logical limit there with transducers but yeah you we we have something that takes a map and something else and it produces a map Right, so that's a, that's a reducing function that produces maps, and in this case, merge with takes a map and a map. <laughs> I, I guess you could hand it nil as a stand-in or something, or or a map-like. Right, right. <laughs> that's, the, that's the beauty of closure. Nil punning is is nil. Nil is a map. Don't tell. Don't tell merge. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so obviously, if you merge with a map in nil, you just end up with the original map. I don't even know if it has like a short circuit for that or not or what. I don't know. It'd be a fun thing to try in the REPL. But yeah, yeah, so so it's a reducing function, really. It can merge with can be used as a reducing function. So therefore, it can be redu- used with reduce. So you would call reduce, and then you would um, have your function um, callback. You could just partial if you wanted to. You could just partial merge with plus, and then you uh, there you go. It takes two arguments, which is what a, reduce, a good reducing function needs to do, and then you uh, hand it your initial value, which would be uh, empty map. And then you hand it the list of uh, stat maps, right? Done. Right. It's actually quite quite a clean little little idiom there. Little idiom. <laughs> well, and I liked what you said earlier. That plus is a aggregation function, right? Like this, that idiom would work with any aggregation function. Like you could do merge with min, or merge with max. It like anything that takes two keys and produce it like no sorry takes two values <laughs> and produces a resulting value if you have a key collision right so we could right. find the highest number of kills in the game or the lowest number of kills or the highest deaths or the lowest deaths with merge with min merge with max or and so now all of a sudden any of these aggregation functions become available to you with this merge with aggregation function inside of a reduce right yeah, I think I think for me the the big the I've I've never actually thought about using uh, merge with as a reducing function creator. <laughs> it's like a reducing function generator. Um, yeah, if you partial it, right? That's right. what you're saying. If you partial, yeah. And um, but but I have used merge with many times. Um, just merge with plus or merge with like like I've just used the so to speak the just just the reducing function itself. Um, because usually I just have a ma- two maps that I want to, I want to, or sorry, two bits of information that I, two maps that I want to merge and I want to do some sort of aggregation between the two of them. Um, one, one kind of interesting use case for, for merge with that I ran into last week um, was actually I wanted to reconcile two different lists of, of information um, and, <laughs> And that's kind of a general way of saying. Uh, so let me get specific. Um, I I had a, a list of files in the file system, and I wanted to upload them into S3. And so I I needed to be able to know what had already been uploaded into S3. And so I I had I had I had like two different things I need to consult, and I need to figure out what worked what work remains for me to do. Um, does that make sense? Uh, so the things I think so, but the thing you're consulting is you're you're you have a file listing with with helpful details. I'm assuming of the files that are in the S3 bucket, and then you have a file listing with helpful details <laughs> for the things that are in the file system. Right, Those, right. So I, so basically, I started off with I just have a list of files, and I just have a list of S3 bucket keys. But then I have I have a pair of functions. I have one function for the local and one function for the remote. And what that does is it gives me a, a a list of maps. And in each of those maps for the local file system, there is like each one of those entries is it's got a key that says you know file name, a key that is you know what its last modified date was, you know any any any, any information that I need to know about the local file. 
Well, so the purposes of this discussion, let's say it has the file name, the last modified timestamp in like good old fashioned millis, right? I think, I think the, the, the file size would be good too. And file size, right? Like those those three bits of information. Right. So how big it is when it was modified and what its its name is. And we're going to assume that name is unique. Right. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> this is all in one directory. So yes, all the file names are unique. Uh, but then I have a function also that takes this that that looks in S3 and gets me a list of files that are there, and it gets me the same bits of information. It gets me the file name. It gets me the last modified time, or the, I guess the uh, upload time that would be the equivalent for S3, and it gets me the file size. So now I have okay. two. They're the so kind of two parallel. maps that share the same kind of structure, but came from different sources. Right. Right. And Presumably. You use the same key names in each of these, each of these sides of the equation. <laughs> well, actually, for this purpose, I don't want to use the same key names because oh, what okay. I want to do is I want to merge across these two, these two lists. And so, what I if 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 so, I obviously so sorry maybe not obviously, but in both sides I have you know the file name as a key or the 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 file name as a value. And that file name corresponds between S3 and the local file system. And so... Okay. So you're trying to make a single map that has all of the details of the local file system and all of the details of the remote S3, quote, unquote, file system. (laughs) And and the file name is your link between those. Right. It's my correlating identifier. Right. And so in the past, what I would have done is go through every one of the S3, you know, maps and try to see if that map is in the the local uh, set of maps. And you kind of have to bounce back and forth. And so you end up doing like some sort of a nested loop where you're comparing across those two collections. But what I realize is to leverage merge with, what I can do is I can convert each of those collections into a map. So now I have two maps where the key is the file name that's, that sounds like an idiom for another episode, too, of yes. taking a list of maps and producing a map. <laughs> it's like an maps. indexed, right. It's, it's, it's indexed yes. on, on, some, on some key's value, essentially. So, But once I have that, now I have two maps where the key is the file name and the, and the value is whatever the appropriate um, information. It's either the local information or the remote information. And then I can take those two maps... And I just run merge with merge map A or S3 map local file system map. And what I get out of that is just what you said. I get a map that has the key of the file name and the value is the merged data between the S3 information and the local information. So now I can see. Right. Now I can see all of the information for every file that was in one of those two places. Right. So you you had two lists of maps, and then uh, using um, to-be-discussed idiom, you turned each of those lists of maps <laughs> into a single map of maps, right? So where the key in each of those maps is the file name. Yep. And so now, now you have two maps that are keyed on file name, and then the values of that are the details maps, the maps with all the gory details. And you namespace those keys in such a way that they're not going to collide. Like you're going to have like S3 slash file size and local slash file size or something like that. Yeah, And precisely. then you can do merge with, 
because they're both keyed off the same information. And then you want to merge with merge because the values are maps and you want to smush them together. So you have mer- what sounds insane <laughs> at face value, merge with merge, <laughs> actually starts to make a lot of sense in this case. And then you end Precisely. up with a single map where all the values are key, all the keys are file names and all the values are now these combined maps that have both the local file system details and then the remote S3 details in them. Exactly. And so then figuring out what work you need to do to take local files, what to find out which the files are lo- from the on the local file system that are missing from S3, you could just zip through the um, the values in that map, that resulting map, and check for you know if there's an a local a local file without a remote file, or even if the, you can choose check advanced checks like if the file size is different, you know, copy it again. Uh, but then you're you're only zipping through that right. data once. And it's basically just a filter. You don't have to even have to write another function for that. Right, yeah. So merge does a heavy lifting of of going through each of the keys in one map and finding its associated key in the other map, which to some extent, you know, is still a little bit of a O of N problem, right? Because lookups are pretty quick in maps. And so... Um, and, but then all those details are combined. So now you can just worry about inspecting the combined details and, and figuring out what to do. Do I need to upload now or not? And then you could make, you could probably run another function where you get out all the vowels, you know, and now you're threading, you're threading all the vowels through a function that filters. Uh, and then that takes the combined details and it will tell you, all the ones that need upload, you know, so you can make a little predicate like need upload, and then you take all the vowels and run it through filter, need upload, and then boom, now you have maps for all the ones that need to get uploaded. Yeah. And I think I think it kind of gets back to another one of the closure idioms that we always talk about. And I, maybe it's not an idiom so much as it is a, a convention, is the whole pushing I.O. to the edges. Um is that we do all of the I.O. at the beginning, we grab one list and the other list, and then we do this pure processing in the middle to figure out what we need to work on, and then we do a bunch of processing at the end to do the actual work. So kind of the I.O. is at the the front edge and the back edge, but the middle is where where we might mess up, (laughs) where the important part is, uh, is all pure. Yeah, that's that's an excellent point. Because another way to solve this problem is the idea of, oh, I'm I'm gonna have some kind of like do uh, you know, do seek function or whatever. And it's gonna, it's gonna, we're gonna list all the file system objects. We're gonna take them one at a time. And then we're gonna make right, S3 right. calls for each one, uh-huh, you know? And uh-huh. it, and not, now we don't just have like a O of N problem. We have an O of N API calls problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, right. and it's, it's almost impossible to test outside of actually having S3 there and actually having a local yeah. file system. Yeah, that's that's a great example. And so the yeah, the idea is do your IO to get all your collect all the facts. And then now you have the facts in some known structure and you can you can do all kinds of pure functions to to deal with those facts, combine those facts, separate out the facts, filter whatever. And then once you've put together your list of like conclusions, then you go do IO <laughs> based on those. Oh, I love it. My list of conclusions. Yes, your list of conclusions. (laughs) Closure band names, list of conclusions. List of conclusions. 
Yeah, we we probably need a page on our website that has all the band's names that we've come up with. <laughs> Definitely. I think that sounds that sounds like a a whole website to share with. Yeah. Well, I, I suppose speaking of conclusions, <laughs> we oh, should conclude nice. this episode <laughs> and add it to our list of conclusions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I think um, so. We've had fun talking about merge with. Um, we've merged with uh, think all of our thoughts, and um, and so I think we're. I'm, I'm curious as to are there are any useful uses of merge with out there that you guys, that our listeners have have um, have come up with. So please let us know if you if you have. Yeah, there's so many functions in core, and they're just so versatile. We we don't imagine we came up with all of them. Um, I'm sure we could do a whole nother episode on Merge with in the future, but we would love to hear from you if you have some thoughts on Merge with. You can email us at feedback at closuredesign.club. You can send us a tweet at Closure Design or hop into our Closurian Slack podcast channel and it is Closure Design podcast. Yep. And uh, we have all of our past episodes and show notes on the web at closuredesign.club. Please uh, hop on and check out. We'll have show notes about we'll have notes about this show, <laughs> show notes um, at posted um, and uh, links to other episodes that we've mentioned today. Yeah, you can go hop into that rabbit hole for some time while you're waiting for the next episode to come out next week. So that was going to be it for us for this week, and we will be back in a week to talk about closure some more. Thanks for listening. 